This Week in League, NFL fever hits the NRL with Jared Haynes scouted as a running back and Dave Taylor scouted as a Goodyear blimp. The Raiders finally get a quote-unquote rugby league player to agree to play for them in 2015. Glenn struggles to control his erection with news that Daniel Mortimer is moving to the Gold Coast. And we preview all of the action for round 15 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 159 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, feedback, big feedback week this week. Sensational feedback this week. Uh, Eddie NZ. Cheers for the virus-ridden ep, lads. Much appreciated. <laughs> to discuss for next week... You did sound like shit. <sighs> yeah, well, I, I, and I would've, still do. I and look like shit on my I, head. I would have sounded worse on the fucking uh, MMA one, though. Oh, that that I was much worse. That was like well, it's only that your co-host always, regardless of his actual state of health, he always sounds appalling. So it makes you <laughs> sound much much better. Um. Anyway, so yeah, cheers to to discuss for next week. I tonight, the worst crowd signs in the NRL. For his part, he said surely the Roosters. And see, I I'm actually more inclined the ones that if I think of bad crowd signs, straight away is that fucking GST one. Yeah, dragons. that was one of the first things that... And when he said roosters, I thought that thing with quag, quagmire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The f... Why? Yeah, it's shit why? house. It is, it is shit house. The GST one is my personal... I mean, it's the most... It's the, the least topical sign fucking ever. Imagine <laughs> imagine sitting down with old mate. Like, that's... He's like, you know what I'm going to do. You know, hey, love, love, I'm going to need a bed sheet and I'm going to need some paint. I've got some fucking gold. P.S. You're going to get three minutes of my fucking finest work this evening, love, because I am on fire here. It was topical you 20 do, years ago. Oh, you know what? GST. Topical. It's topical. Yeah, uh, uh. Great St. George team. Oh, I love that's great. Look. What the fuck? How boring is that, cunt? And it's like 20 years since it was a topical... I mean, like... When they're thinking of introducing a GST and it's GST, GST, you know, that's that's the time for that that sign. And if it existed, then great. But you want to fucking retire it at some point when it's completely just fucking boring. I mean, come on, man. Just, yeah, he's missing. And the other one is one that we You mentioned. are the most boring cunt of a human mm-hmm. that I've ever allowed to stick their two and a half inches of penis into me. Exactly. And if you listen to the show, GST sign guy. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And and a big hello to your missus. Yes. Now, um, the uh, other one that comes to my mind straight away is uh, the one that was on TV Friday night with the South Sydney. I mean, <laughs> it's let's let's go on Warriors. Well, that that was that was sensational. I mean, did you see did you see the video on the? I, I saw that yeah. there was a video. I didn't actually watch it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great. What did he say? Oh, he's you know he's just up for a laugh and everything, and he's just gonna get his kid to hold it, and they're like, no, no he, he fucked it up, and now he's trying to sneak his way out of it. Well, yeah, maybe so, but he's you know he he's, he's, he seemed to stick to his story, and he's you know he's fairly consistent with it. But that's also that's that that song is also great. It's become iconic. It really it's not, has. It's not boring, and people's like, let's go on anything. You can just yeah. throw any team in there now. Let's go on Penrith Nerds, or let's go. Let's on go on Perm. Other fuckheads. Yeah, exactly. So it works on so many levels. <laughs> let's it's go on Perm. <laughs> let's go on Extra Hold 
Greece. Exactly. So I'd like, I'd like to see justification for people who think the Roosters have the worst signs because they, they did not come into my mind immediately. That giggity, the worst. That giggity sign's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, Get rid of it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, SKD, row. Yeah. Also fucking retarded. Um, so you're making a strong case for the Roosters actually being the worst <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yes. South Sydney. Like, the South Sydney one is just fucking it's magical in its, in its specialness <laughs> just, just wonder. I mean like that's a, that's of course the sort of sign that Liam Fulton would come up with in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> or next year whatever well yeah this week um, Paraman MK2 solid app guys really starting to get concerned for Glenn his eyes open sleeping is getting he's really getting bad it was that was the worst one yet and I must admit last week and and probably the week before, I was running at about two to three hours sleep a night. Yeah. And uh, it really all took its toll. Yeah. And then I had to get up on the Friday morning at four o'clock after getting home at 12.30. Yeah. And drive an hour and a half, better part of two hours to Toowoomba, where it was fucking misty and foggy and rainy and cold and Jesus Christ, what fucking arsehole of the earth that joint is. A big hello to all our Toowoomba listeners, and um, and do a fucking stock take until after until five thirty that day. Yeah, and um, must admit, you know, I like food. Yeah, the Stephen Street store, just a little little takeaway shop on Stephen Street in Toowoomba, and the fucking burgers there are ridiculous, Nathan. The burger, the burger Ridiculously bun, large. The burger bun would have to be. What you're doing here is kind of like, like a, a twenty. Side, what's that? Twenty centimeters. Like a side plate, you sort of yeah, show me. Like moment, easily yeah. twenty centimeters in in diameter, yeah. if not slightly more. And I had a steak burger, mm. and it had a good size fucking bit of steak on it. Yeah, like a tomahawk or something. Yeah, not like your minute <laughs> steak. Not your minute steak or this shit you get. Elsewhere, yeah, they do a Bazinga burger, which is bigger again. Yeah, it's got two beef patties on it, egg, bacon, onions. Like, oh, it's making me hungry. I'm gonna drive to Toowoomba right now. I don't think they're open. I have to break in and probably cook my own burger, but it'd be worth it because they are magnificent. It's the only thing that got me through that fucking day after going three hours sleep after falling asleep four times during the show. There's meant to be some other place that could, at, at, at Toowoomba that's good to eat, like like it's a chicken place or something. Super Rooster. Super Rooster, is that it? That sounds, like, so. that sounds like it. Oh, I don't think I've ever had Super Rooster. Yeah. I hear that about... I, I drove past it on Sunday. Yeah. I, I was like, fuck, I should have Super Rooster. And we got there and there was cake and I forgot about it. I had chocolate. <laughs> so I forgot about it. But yes, it is. Uh, it was a little bit concerning. I am uh, quite tired again tonight, given that um, Leo is now nine weeks old. Still uh, getting up a few times during the night, and he has a little bit of a sinus thing going on where he struggles to uh, to breathe, and he gets very snuffly. And uh, that he's still in the basin in our room, and he's about to be kicked out into the front yard. Yeah. So Dad can get some sleep. I hear shaking babies helps with that sort of stuff. Um. I'll, I don't know, I'm I'll, no ex- I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm no I'm no expert, but no, like right. I, I'm told that that works a treat. Is that what your parents told you? They would have done that with you, surely. <laughs> I still want to fucking shake you now. <laughs> yeah, shake me off. Now. Okay. <laughs> Blue underscore beaver. 
Glenn's impersonation of a concussed Liam Fulton throughout the latest This Week in League app was spot on. Oh, how many of these did we get? It's brilliant. Now, this the next one. It's really bad. Like, Look, you I... know what fires you up? You know what, you know, what, you know, dare I say, arouses you, wakes you up, pumps you up, you know, fills you full of blood, <laughs> blood rushing to your gotcha. penis, except, yep. Yeah, okay. Was that gives you a massive erection? Yes. It's, it's shitting all over a listener. So I'm about to set you up, throw the fucking alley-oop up, <laughs> and, and the MJ of, the MJ of fucking shitting where he is. <laughs> the bite in the hand that feeds him can come in and, and fucking slam this shit down, all right? Okay. DJ X-Plane. Good bloke. One of the limo crew uh, for the, the, the grand final last year, so yeah. I love the guy I had. I mean, he's, Hang on. Uh, and he's, a- also, he's also super nice to us, like, yeah, when we meet him you know, a- at games and that. He's not a nice bloke. B... Just fucking Point B wait. of him not being a nice bloke. He hung around in a fucking limo with you and a bunch of other fucking nerds. Let's get let's get to the let's let's get to the. Uh, How does that make him a nice bloke? The case in point, and this is something that's been going on for two years, through this the the, the course of this show being produced. Manly fan, but for some reason he's just got this unnatural fucking Kevin Costner to Whitney Houston thing going on where he just jumps to the defence of Corey Norman at any possible slight to his name his last name is probably Norman I don't I, I don't fucking know but he's tweeted here last week just to refresh the memories people maybe don't remember or didn't listen last week uh, Unky D made his yes I repeat first ever contribution positive contribution to the show and <laughs> by and- Oh, let's hope it's the last because. Um, <laughs> but he said that he we said can't Corey have Norman. That. It'll turn the world on its axis. He said Corey Norman, um, his, his nickname should be Gandalf because you know you shall not pass. And oh, you know, we we agreed immediately that yes, that from now on Corey Norman will be will be known forevermore as Gandalf. So so DJ X Plane comes in says, uh, I'm no LOTR fan, but doesn't Gandalf <laughs> Gandalf stop other people from passing? Ashford is the reverse Gandalf. I said, yes, okay, you're trying to distract, deflect attention from Corey Norman. And then he went on to say that, you know, he's 89% of fucking time this happens and he does this. And like the first time he took us to Tar saying, oh, he leads in fucking line yeah. break assists with, you know, you know, all this shit. Look, people can come up with stats to back up their argument. Like when I say that, you know, 100% of women mm. won't have sex with this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, he, he's a nerd 100% of the time. Um, sitting around looking at his computer screen, you know, with naked pictures of Corey Norman and, and you know, on one monitor. And a, live, and, and a live feed, you know, of just stats. And, you know, Corey Norman, Corey Norman stats on the other monitor. Um, I just... It just... I'm concerned for the bloke. I'm concerned for him because... Corey Norman with a hit up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned for him because... He's, he's not particularly attractive. He's not particularly intelligent. He clearly knows nothing about rugby league, no matter how much rugby league he actually watches, which is a fucking lot. How can you not take in Professionally, what's up to, up to this year. He does. He's, he makes a living out of watching rugby league. And how can you be so fucking shit at it? And not look at a game featuring Corey Norman and realise that he's a fucking vortex. And one of the things, one of the, one of the, the defences that he placed in, in this case for Corey Norman was that the highest try scorer, the leading try scorer in the NRL, he plays inside of the leading try scorer in the NRL. So yeah, that's great. So he's not playing centre though. It's not like he's feeding Rad Radra, is he? 
And not only that, Fui Fui Moi Moi, by that same rationale, Fui Fui fucking plays inside the... You know, oh, God, he must be the fucking king of tri-assists <laughs> as well. Tim, Tim Manor. Tim Manor. Tim Manor is also... I mean, he, he's responsible for Sammy's tries, surely. Um, look, that's a ridiculous argument. I think you're a ridiculous human. And... Um, Look, if you if you really want to learn something about rugby league, catch up with me and buy me more bourbons at the next Broncos game. <laughs> at fish, and this is like F, and then a bunch of I's. Sh, look in our favourites if you want to follow the guy. And he's like, this this is going back to our super coach last week. How I said there's a team called the Wendells in number one mm. position, team called the Wendells in number ten position. I'm confused how there's a second super coach team called the Wendells, same name, and listens to the same podcast. He's got Hash. You got me all wrong, Hash Magician. So um, it actually is, it's not some guy that's roll, rocking out two separate teams. Isn't... It's two separate people. Isn't Suchi, isn't Eric Suchi a Wendell's? No, these are both Mike, one's Michael B and one's Michael F. I yeah, think, right. I think, if is, I'm Is Fish Michael F? So is that... Yeah, that's Michael Fish. Yeah, that's Michael, Michael Fish. B, is that Boner? Boner? Could be Boner, yeah. But it's just crazy, the same same team name. And all yeah, it's like, weird. Yeah. Okay, Unky D. If getting abused by Glenn is a mark of having made it, then I've made it, bitches. Is it? Probably not. Is it really? I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Let's, oh. Uh, let's face it. I mean, there's a thousand people you've abused over the history of this show. Easy a thousand. Easy. And some of them, you know... Some un- of them still un- listen. D, case in point, yeah. are the lowest forms of human that I've ever encountered. Um, <laughs> I don't know that you've made it if I've given it to you. But he's given us a review for last week's app. There's still hope for you. Look, you know, if you use taken on board and, and use it as, you know, a, a stepping stone to a better life where you're less of a fuckwit, then, you know, you're welcome. Episode 158 review from Monkey D. Oh, fuck. Sleepy it. and sneezy escapes Snow White's perverted little midget funhouse to talk some random stuff and footy. Five stars. <laughs> so <laughs> Sleepy and sneezy, that's... You like that, Zee? Oh, that's genuine. Look, you could help yourself. That's two positive contributions in two weeks. Fuck. I can't <laughs> have this. Cannot have it. Gotta love Kiwi. He said, listening to the podcast, there is a genuine page on Facebook selling frozen gear. Try searching fun ta see. There's your hash, let it go. Hash, let it go. So, um, thanks for that. As it turned out, my wife went to a... Uh, the very next day after recording on the Friday, she went to uh, Toys R Us at Garden City, I believe. Walked in there, managed to get herself a uh, get herself a talking or slash singing Olaf thing. Yeah, really. Last one, the only one in there. It was near the near the, near the door, so she just picked it up. Thought maybe that'll Fucking be a, phenomenal that'll dish. be that'll be a default position. Or I'll pick that up because it because it qualifies. Not another thing in the store. I would imagine when the uh, this week in league bobbleheads are released, you would imagine that. It'd be a similar response. Agreed. You wouldn't. You won't be able to buy them. Worldwide shortage. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. Does anyone remember the good old days when teams had one home and one away jersey? Clubs are just taking the piss now. When you say clubs, I mean New Zealand Warriors for the most part. Oh, the Tigers are bad. Bulldogs are bad. Tigers are pretty bad. Manly's had a bunch. Yeah. Well, Broncos have Man- had a bunch. Manly do. They do keep them into certain categories though. It's like home and away, and then there's like heritage. And then there's like a indigenous or a, and then you know, they whatever. do the um, Brett Stewart retard jersey. Oh, that's true. Um, they do that. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah. Fucking magnificent jersey. Do you remember Although when Manly Corso, played in that? Yeah, oh, that? yeah. Look, at the end of the day... The Warriors just do one because it's fucking the 13th of the because month. Because whatever the deal they've signed the with Canterbury, Canterbury's like, we're going to extract every last fucking dollar out of this deal. Um, do you remember when Manly played in that green M&M jersey? Or Mars jersey? Yeah, I, I remember, yeah. That was, was it like a one... Broker? I remember when they played it... Back when they used to have the, the vertical... The, sorry, the horizontal stripes in the you know mid-2000s. I remember they played one game for like an environmental... Mm. Some some green energy company or something, and it was like green and white instead of maroon and white stripes. Yeah. Remember that? And they, they basically sure, it was only I, ever I thought 17. it was an M and M's when they released a green M and M or something or blue or something. Uh, I can't. Yeah, remember. I don't I don't recall that, but you know that's it's possible. It's, look, I'm not suggesting that every fan goes out and buys every fucking jersey every season because you'd need 17 full time jobs to to afford it. But especially if you're a at 160 bucks a pop. They don't even keep the same design for two seasons. Yeah. You know, like I buy a Tigers jersey every year, yeah. at least one. Tigers do change, change their base They've design changed, a lot, though. Yeah, just like you, you, I get that sponsors change, there's not much you can do about that, but the actual design of the jersey, like, fuck. Yeah. It just, everyone wants to have the latest shit. But, and you think of kids, you know, like, I'm, I'm not going to go buy Jackson one of those. Sponsorless best and less jerseys. No. I had enough of them when I was a kid. Yep. Not going to do that. Yep. So I go and I buy Jackson a hundred fucking dollar authentic mm-hmm. Broncos jersey, a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like they should, at the very minimum, they should make it affordable to get your kids into a jersey and an authentic. It jersey. annoys me because you're actually paying extra money to be a billboard for the sponsors of the club. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, that that should should be cheaper. You know, for that. But. When you look at this, and I, I get all the, the production costs and all the rest of it, but when you look at the size of the kids' jersey, and it's two-thirds of the price of the fucking... Yeah, but the production cost now would have to be less because they're all that kind of stretchy material mm. and it's all like sublimated on there. It's not like the old days where it's like... <laughs> Someone had to iron it on. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, even even the, the logos in a lot of cases are like digitally, you know, sub, mm. sublimated on the design and then like the NRL... J- logo is, is often embroidered embroidered yeah so that's actually cheaper to produce yeah look I I agree I just think that 160 bucks is a, is a lot of money mm-hmm. um, for, for what's essentially a working class game you know yeah. like there's a lot of people um, and, and we've spoken already this season about ticket prices and we've often um, brought up you know the cost of food at places like mm-hmm. Skill, you know, Suncorp, Skill, Sun, Sun yeah, or Corp, C-Bus, Skill, yeah. any of the big stadiums, and um, it's good to see clubs coming to the party with with cheaper ticket prices to, to try and get families to games, and um, and I commend them. But you know, the next part of it is you know, kids and and families, mums, dads, they wouldn't wear the colours. That's it. So make it affordable. Yep, agree. Okay, Mitch Doyle zero eight. Definitely getting around Gandalf for Corey Norman. Kent used to shit me no end at the Broncos. It has continued. So there we go. That's Thank basically you. an antidote to DJX point. Mm. Former underscore legend. Challenges thrown out. Not to us, but to our listeners. I think this week in league should encourage their listeners to troll the footy show with lookalikes that don't look alike. Nah. I've, I've, consider yourselves encouraged. I'm not going to watch the footy show to, to, um, to verify that happened. But by all means, screen caps, video, do it. I'm all for it, man. If it happens, it happens. Get them on there. 
just be, send be real that a heap of your like your face yeah. with you know like a bunch of different footy players Ben Roberts Dave Taylor Sonny Bill Williams Daniel Warner you just got like a, God, a, a, imagine if you look like Sonny Bill Williams as, I wouldn't be able to do the show I mean, you can be you, you barely can anyway I mean like you know so you, your side of the story might be oh I'm so tired my head's hitting the fucking desk but you know maybe maybe just passing out from l- lack of oxygen in my brain you know, you know or, or maybe it's like you know you, you're just trying to take the express route to get your head into my lap but you fucking the table saving me from getting a fucking scratchy beardy it's, it's gobby very, off you <laughs> very very hard to sit here and listen to you week after week <laughs> And it's hard, is it? It's it's quite a soft, how, soft. Beard, how hard actually. is it? It'd be very soft. <laughs> Might start a fire rubbing. Oh wait, hang on, stop. <laughs> These you've got to move this. You've got to start moving this shit. There's stuff everywhere. I've got. It'd be like having it. It'd be, it'd, Star Wars, Lego, and fucking dolls and toys and shit. What are you fucking five? Get the shit out of my way. I've got a podcast to host here. With that beard, it'd be like it'd be it'd be like um. It'd give you an appreciation for you know like how some like you know John Holmes felt you know going in going in on like you know some of the some of those furry seventy bushes seventies <laughs> bushes. <laughs> Jeez, if we got tangled, it'd be hard to explain. Yes, um, Unky D says uh, loved Hopper Junior being called Hoju. Did Glenn get that reference, or did it go sailing over his head? Fair to say, it went sailing over your head. Is it a reference? I thought someone just come up because you know like. Ho, Hopper, Jew, Junior. Yeah, but no, no, that's not that's not the origination of it. No. Yeah, right. One of the finest episodes, in fact, I would I'd maybe consider the second finest Simpsons episode ever. Jackson's a little bit of a dry Waitford fan, mm-hmm. and there's one of the songs on his little album where he says something about "Hold you." What's the name of that? What's what's the, who's the, what's the name? Jai Waitford. Who the fuck is that? I honestly it's from never, um, I, X, X Factor. I've, I've honestly never ever heard that name in my life. Oh right, it's. Kids were like Jackson loved him, and um, so he's actually got like an album out. He's got a little album out, and there's one part of his song where he's said like "Hold you," yeah, but he says it like "Hold you," and every time I think of Hopper (laughs) Junior. Don't knock on my door. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. I just want to hold you. This I I, I know that I'm run, severely running the risk of uh of the Mitches overrunning our Twitter on this on this topic. But I, it's a reference it's from like probably you know my, what I consider to be the second the second best episode of The Simpsons of all time, back in like the early seasons, like maybe season four, the the, uh, the monorail episode. You'd be aware of that. Yeah, so Homer's the monorail, you know, gets the job as being the driver of the monorail and, and you know, Bart's telling him about how, you know, the kids at school, you think know, how awesome is he's, you know, monorail driver. He's like, yeah, well, maybe you could change your name to, to, to Homer Jr. You know, they call you, the kids will call you Hoju. And he's like, uh, yeah, how about I don't? Right. Yeah. So second best Simpsons episode how, after... How few listeners will we have if we didn't have... If references we, to stuff. No, if we put a line through... Yeah. Penrith nerds... And people named Mitchell. Yeah. Okay. So that probably cuts us down to yeah. Like Unky D. We'd have we'd have listenership similar to to, to the other rugby league podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect answer. Eat it, cunts. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. Boys, I was at Cherburger in Surrey Hills yesterday and didn't realise Glenn had his own range of condiments, of which I show you the photograph. <laughs> Hot Samoan boys chili sauce. What's that made out of? It sounds I, seedy. I, I, it's it's funny. Like well, I want it. Like, <laughs> What's I, up? I, I don't want people to get me all wrong, but just looking at that chili sauce, 
It's like it's it's making my mouth water, and it's making you pretty much slide off the chair. Well, I, I, I'm struggling <laughs> to contain my excitement. It's a Cherburger. Where do you we, buy that? Well, you, I assume you could probably buy it at, at Cherburger in Surrey Hills. Perhaps that might be somewhere we go when we have a meetup. When we go now, we're, we're going to be busy. We may have Cherburger to... and fucking what's Sefton that? Playhouse. Sefton Playhouse. <laughs> yeah, that was. It. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd go down there and um. Birdo's been a little bit quiet lately. Yes, yes. He's usually fucking mouthing off and yeah. carrying on like a general fuckhead. Maybe, Guess it's not cricket season. So. Maybe, maybe he started his his his, his uh, warm up for, for cricket season because <laughs> he's got six months to fucking get up to speed. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine him charging in at the nets down at the oval in middle of winter, just yep. warming up. I'm Tim McIntyre underscore. This guy. I ran into Corey Norman before today's game. Photograph from Supernova. <laughs> a guy dressed up. What is up that? As... Is that like a nerd convention? Yeah. Is oh, it? Yeah, massively. This, you, you... Fuck, we should have done a recording there. We'd have had ninety percent of our. Well, not ninety. No, that's harsh. Ninety percent. I want to give you. I want, said... to, I want to give you an example of the of the level of, of nerd. You know the the supernova nerd that was you the go there. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, you go to these supernova things and they have like minor, sometimes major, but mostly sort of minor celebrities have appeared in like sci-fi or you know that sort of you know yeah. like a, some some fucking guy that played a fucking. Alien on Star Trek or some shit, you know, right. you know, not like a not like a Shatner level, but like this fucking third alien on the right, you know. Yeah. But in this, the credits, is like this one alien f- taking a dump in the background. Yeah, like the alien, the alien chick that you know got got you know ass fucked by Captain Kirk on the fucking. Jeez, what's Star Trek? Are you watching or some shit? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't but, um, watching any Star Trek at all. But. No, me neither. But uh, <laughs> which is why I'm having a lot of trouble fucking building the scenario <laughs> for the listeners. Uh, this time. Did have one, you know, legend, legendary person, you know, like Stan Lee. Yes. Legend. Obviously done a lot, you know, in the world, you know, comic books. The other person there was uh, Nikolai Costa-Walder or whatever, who plays Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones. Oh, that's worth the price of admission alone. You want to get a photograph of Stan Lee, 100 bucks. Worth it. You really? If, like... 100 bucks. Listen, if I'm, like, I'm a... I'm a Counting Crows fan. I would fucking pay a hundred bucks to have a photo with Adam Duritz in a fucking heartbeat. Really? Yes. That's very interesting. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like... And, me, you know, I could probably give you a handful of people that I would gladly pay a hundred bucks to have a photo with. There is not a person or on this fucking earth that I would pay money to have a photograph with, I don't think. I mean, there's some people that I haven't met yet that I'd be like, I fucking love to meet that person and have a conversation with them. Yeah. But in a situation here where there's a fucking line of nerds and you're getting trotted up, click, fuck off. Next... Click, because you have to put yourself in the situation where it's not like you ever. I don't know. I just think it'd be cool to have. If I would, I would put it. This, the what I would do is instead of you know, it's not. It's Kurt's not, it's favorite not, thing. It's not that it's a money thing. It's it's yeah. a, it's it's principle. I'd rather no. It's, yeah, a little bit principle, but also I'd just like to. Yeah, you want to meet these people because I'd actually just like to have a conversation, just shoot the shit with them for like a couple, you know, a couple yeah, of minutes, just like have a conversation, not not be in a situation where you're being like just trotted out like cattle. Click, click, click. You know, and not getting and you know not. Make, you know, making like a sort of you know, a connection like with a story you can tell like you know oh, I met Stan Lee oh did you what was he like I don't know I stood there next to him and he sort of sat awkwardly off to the side and then the guy said smile and he took a photo and then I was fucking on to the next when County Crows were out last year might have been the year before um, and they played QPAC and you could pay for you could pay extra yep to have like a meet and greet see that's with, what, I'm perfectly with, cool with that 
selected members of the band. Oh, okay. But there was no guarantee that you were going to get Adam. So you get and, like the bass player and the drummer. Like, and like, they're, they're all AKA fucking, the most the, the, mo- the, the most exactly. unessential. They seem like ridiculous crap. They all members seem of any like band. awesome dudes. But with all due respect, if I didn't get a couple of minutes for my five hundred bucks or whatever the fuck it was going to be, yeah, yeah. guaranteed to fucking chat with Adam Duritz, yeah. then I'm sorry, but I'm not that interested. And yeah. if it's not guaranteed, it's like a lucky dip. And he's notorious for. Some days great with fans, other days fucking Asshole. a little bit bipolar and okay. and and hates having his photo taken. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it just wasn't a risk I was going to oh, take. Yeah, it's, but, it's like you go, you go to you pay your money uh, or you know through indirectly through your membership. Muhammad you know? Ali, I would fucking pay a lot more than hundred bucks to have my photo taken with him. Yeah, but I'd, I mean, it, it's it's meaningless for me to have my photo taken with Muhammad Ali. I'd rather like talk to dude. You know what I mean? Fucking good luck with that. Well, exactly. I mean, like, or you know, get him to get him to fucking make me a cocktail or something and shake it up <laughs> you know something I don't know that's but appalling <laughs> and I want to fucking kick you in the face for saying such hurtful things because you know I had, I had the opportunity you know, to pay those ridiculous things to meet like you know Mike Tyson that like last year that thing you know he's out here in Brisbane yeah but the time see I was all G'd up to do it but yeah. work I couldn't I couldn't do it with work yeah but see like, through your membership with the club though you know, you either pay for it or it's part of your membership as a as an out-of-state member or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You go to the members function, like the one you go to, like the manly ones I go to. Yeah, yeah the there. tiger one, yeah. And you can just go and shoot the shit with the players and everything. That's yeah. fucking got to get photos with them. See, that's... A, it costs but we're not talking much. on a different level, though. Yeah, we're but talking I mean, about footy players compared to fucking yeah, Stan Lee. But people, yeah, but or, people's heroes are people's... Uh, you know, people have different heroes. Well, you, you know, need to you choose know. your heroes a little bit more fucking carefully yeah, like, if, if, you, if you're putting, you know, any footy player on the same level as Muhammad Ali... Well, yeah. Or Mike Tyson, or, you know, not that I'm a... You might not like it's boxing. It's like Kurt says, and, you know, I'm loathe to give any credit yeah. to anything Kurt has ever said in his entire fucking miserable life. Yeah. But, as he says, everyone is a nerd for something. That's true. And so, everyone has that something, they'll probably go, yep, I'll fucking spend yeah. that money. Like, when we spent 450 bucks on UFC seats. Yeah. Everyone, but like, that's, but every you... single person I know went... The fuck? Yeah, but you pay. But you pay. But you're paying to, to see an event. Sure. You get there's, there's an actual transaction. Like, there about, you know, there's no fucking way I would ever pay four hundred and fifty dollars for a ticket for anything. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's like <laughs> how much do they jack the tickets, the, the Origin tickets, up to this year too? Same, sure. you know, same, not same price, but uh, uh, you know, enough of a ballpark similarity. Anyway, but, I think we've achieved enough by saying, you know, me agreeing with something Kurt said, and I think we can probably <laughs> leave it there. Jamie Lannis is seventy bucks. I would pay that. See, what I would do is I would instead find out where they're staying. Yeah, and maybe just you know just I hang in the lobby, come prepared, and bump into them in quotes oh. at the in the lobby at the lobby or something. I would have, come have a chat to them, get a photo on the phone, dressed up as Cersei, and have him simulate a sexual act. Long on one me. up the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. But so it's like you see, like coffin. You know, like I met a couple of guys like you know like Bass Root and Tito and you know mm. guys like that. I didn't pay for them, but if I was if I was paying, it, it would be it would have been about a hundred bucks, but. There's like two, three hours training seminar first, which is, you know, is obviously another, you're not just paying for yeah, sure. a slam bam, thank you man photo situation. Um, Facebook, Brendan Kelly said always... Jeez, we went on then. Yeah, we did. But that's the, yeah. The kids, what we do best. The kiddies like Back it. to our best. It's a short week. There's only a couple of games, so it's yeah. all good. Uh, Brendan Kelly, always a great listen. Welcome relief from that Vuvuzela of a round ball game. Fucking Whoa. word, Brendan. I, I wish I could like that comment a thousand times. I wish I had more Facebook accounts so I could give that account, give that, give that status 
500 likes. As is evidenced by my um, Twitter handle, at SportsFansLife, yeah. I fucking love all sport. And it's true. the World Cup, from the time, I think I might have said last week, from Italia 90, of, and I've never been a guy that has hugely followed any of the, like, growing up in that, I never really followed the European, yeah. any of the European leagues. And once Jackson started playing soccer, he was started playing soccer when he was, like, 10 months old. As soon as he could walk, yeah. he was doing, like, coaching stuff and... And then he played his first proper season last year, and he's he's loved it. Um, his one true love is rugby league, though, um, as is evidenced by this year, where he just continues to play at every waking moment. But um, so we got involved with the Raw and, and been to a bunch of their games, and um, but the World Cup have always kept a handle on what's going on in every World Cup since 1990. So yeah. for, for whatever reason, I just it strikes a chord with me. There you go. And I know, like, I, I can watch a game and go, and sometimes you'll go, that's, that's just, just fucking boring. Yeah. But there's other times, and the more I understand about the game, the more, you know, I, more interested I become. And I'm still not fucking, I still can't read a game of, of soccer like I can read a game of rugby league. Like the defensive structures yeah, and yeah. how they break them down, it does, it's lost on me. But I'm getting there. There you go. <clears throat> I wouldn't say it was a Vuvuzela of a fucking round ball game considering it's arguably the fucking biggest sporting event on the planet. <sighs> yeah, I mean, arguably Justin Bieber's the fucking biggest musical act on the planet too. Quality does not fucking equal popularity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> McDonald's probably sells more fucking food and more meals than any other fucking restaurant on the planet too. And don't tell me it's like some Heston Blumenthal bullshit. No. So, yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Are you, are you finished? Yeah. Saguna. Saguna. Yeah. G'day, fellas. Just another question to get you, your... You thick... don't do it properly. Oh, fucking... If you're going to do it, have a real fucking crack at it, or just call him Ian. Arguably, that was the greatest Saguna that's ever been added <laughs> on this fucking show. I'm happy to argue that point. <laughs> G'day, fellas. Just another question to get your thinking caps working. What is the worst... This is, this is going to be the... Could be the f- finest fucking listener feedback topic... Ever. And I know you've got a story to go, so this is why I fucking put it in. This is going to be bad. What is the worst damage you've done to something while watching your team play? (laughs) Start thinking. I I remember a few years back in 2010, a few of us boys went to a mate's place to watch the Tigers flogging at the hands of Souths. The mates plays we went to hated the Tigers with a passion because we supported them. During the game, he kept heckling us to a point until the point we couldn't take his bullshit no more. So we grabbed him and tried wrestling him to the floor, but because he was a big guy, it was hard to do, so one of us tripped him and he fell right through the kitchen rock wall. We were in utter shock as to what happened. In the process of him getting up, his dad was upstairs, and when he heard the massive bang, his exact words were, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that? And he came down the stairs, and mate couldn't face his dad because he was so petrified of him, so he bolted outside, aka Forrest Gump style and just ran and ran as far away as he could when his dad saw the damage he said where's that fucking son of mine we said we don't know so we left straight after and started looking for him with no no to no avail I assume he means a few hours later we found him five kilometres away all breathed out in a park scared shitless in his pants we took him back home which he declined to do so but we did and he confronted his dad like scared Chris Sandow going home and confronting his family on how he had to spend his weekly wages on the pokies at the local leagues club after they had a chat, at the end of the day, we had nothing to worry about because his uncle was a jip rocker and repaired the, the damaged wall free of charge. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a fucking fizzer at the end. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah then, then, then his son got thrown through the other fucking wall and, <laughs> and, and, and they smashed tiles on his head. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit lost 
as to what story I'm going to tell. Well, I mean, we we know we 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 know Benji after the Tiger <laughs> loss. The, the, the first thing that came into my mind was was Tiger Benji, and he and after Tiger's finals loss, I believe it was was it was the one where Lottie fucking. The, the was, one right at the end. The hundred minute game. Oh, it was a hundred minute game. Yeah, and he's put his he's put his fist through the wall. Yeah, yeah. Based like so similar sort of story. And With a the guts of the rum under his belt, and, yeah. and a, a stubby or two is old as a tribute to my old boy. And oh look, um, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to do it these days, Benji. No, he'd struggle to fucking make a den in Jiprock Walk yeah. he's, since he's got AIDS. <laughs> um, it's it's a sad sad story, but uh, um, quite often I've got this really bad habit. Of fucking beating, like beating my chest, like my heart. Like, like Marky Mark in fear. Oh, that's another reference, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a movie reference. Fuck, I'm just lost on me. You know that fucking movie where he fingers Reese Witherspoon on a roller coaster? Nah. Okay, there you go. Listeners know it what I'm It sounds talking. like a movie I'd like to watch. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's what it's called. I believe the, the working title was Love Roller Coaster, but they ended up calling it Fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you download that for me? <laughs> Just that scene. Whatever. Um, yeah, I have this bad habit of, of beating my chest or my my heart with my fist. And there's been times where I've seriously thought I've done damage. I've, sometimes I've also... Cause you can I'm not knock you like hard. You can actually like... You know, people take... Sometimes in games, you know, in footy, you know, they, they take like a massive hit to yeah. their chest right where their heart is. And like, actually like give themselves like a rhythmia. Yeah. I've... A couple of times, especially if I've had a few bourbons whilst watching the footy, I mistime it. Yeah. And I've hit my collarbone a couple of times. Throat punch like, yourself. <laughs> just like bang, and it gets fair, like I'm fairly aggressive with it. Yeah. And oh man, there's been a couple of times where I was like, I think I've done some damage here. And <laughs> Nicklin is not going to take me to the hospital Rightly if so. I've Rightly beaten so. my own chest and broken something. Yeah. Whilst watching a Tigers game, she'd be like, oh, you can actually die. So this is like not, you don't just you bring this out for the finals, this is like just any game. Yeah, any any game that gets me to that. We're Friday night. Oh. So it's okay, so it's not like a, it's, it's like when things are going well. No, look, it could be a comeback victory or they could be, you know, there's, it's not a, it's not a There's no formula to it, it just happens. Big pardon? It just happens, yeah, there's exactly. no formula to it. Okay. Um, it's, but it's it's not good because fuck it hurts sometimes, <laughs> and I do it at games as well. I've done it at like games, live games, and yeah, it's um. Yeah, no, this after, look at me after, funny after we finish, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you that scene out of fear. It'll be on YouTube, righto? Not the finger on the roller coaster, the other bit, <laughs> and, oh. and it'll be exactly like yeah, it'll be exactly like that, righto? I've got half a nasty thinking about it. News and the first story is the future of Benny. What will it be? And uh, Wayne Bennett, he has no doubts he'll be coaching the NRL next season, but he admits it may not be at Newcastle. Despite assurances over the weekend from NRL boss Dave Smith that Bennett would be encouraged to remain at the Knights under the club's new ownership structure, seven-time Premiership winning coach said he wouldn't make any commitment until decisions were made on the club's new management. So uh, ongoing speculation is that Bennett could end up either back at St George or Brisbane 
if things don't work out in Newcastle. But he's adamant that he's not entered any negotiations. He said, I'm not doing anything until we find out what's happening here. And this is not just about me. They, as in Newcastle's new owners, might think they can get a better bloke or go in a different direction. There are a lot of conversations to be had. It would have been better if it was done yesterday, but the process has taken time. I should think that in a month or six weeks or so, we should all know what we're doing. Quickness is ideal, but it's more important to get it right. The NRL have done a wonderful job. Tony Crawford and staff have been outstanding to put this back together again. It was obviously broken, and they've managed to get it back. Now it's the case of doing the next stage right also. If it takes an extra couple of weeks to do that, then so be it. Asked if he could see himself staying in Newcastle, Bennett said... I can if all the stars line up, yeah. But my three years here have highlighted to me what I've always known. As Jack Gibson so wisely said long ago, so long ago, if the front office is not in order, you've got yourself some problems. We've battled for a long period of time here, and I don't want to go through that again. I just don't want that. That's a fairly damning assessment on their the management. Nights, yeah, yeah. Um, let's say that that makes me feel like he does have a little bit of a backup plan in his mind. Even yeah. if he hasn't opened a negotiation, if if Wayne Bennett rang Brisbane and said, I want to come back, they'd make it happen. And mm-hmm. same at St. George. Yep. Um, St. George probably seems like the more logical solution. They've got a caretaker in, yeah. in place at the moment. Um, does it really... Is it better for the game? Is it better... You know, does it work better, sit better with the NRL if he stays at Newcastle? Do they really give a fuck? Yep. Um, he'll go wherever... You know, if... If he's not happy with the management structure at Newcastle and he does look elsewhere, he's going to go to the highest bidder. And he's proven that to be the case. Yep. Um, you know, and rightfully so. He's a fucking... The proof is in the pudding with Wayne Bennett and, and I think he's probably absolved himself from a little bit of blame at Newcastle and some of his recruiting um, of, you know, guys that are probably at the latter stages of yep. their career, to be polite. Yep. Um at Newcastle, Newcastle hasn't worked so well um, as it did in St George, so we'll um, we'll wait and see. But I think if it all comes down to it, and he's not happy and he moves on from Newcastle. It's going to be to the highest bidder. I don't think it's you know sentiment is really going to come into it for him. Yep, I agree. It's funny. Speaking of damning things, well, you know, it depends on how they, they you know drove this interview with him. But he's saying that um. I've never worked in an organisation where I haven't had a relationship with the chairman. It just doesn't work. For me personally, that'll be a huge issue for me. So that's talking about if the current chairman, Paul Harrigan, or chief executive, Matt Gidley, get pushed out by the new owners, mm. you know, after the NRL handover. But he doesn't say anything about Harrigan, but Gidley, Matt Gidley's done a wonderful job. It's been a tough three years, and he's had to handle crisis after crisis. He's only going to be better for what he's been through. I can't believe how well he's handled it for a guy who virtually went straight into that position after he finished playing football. He's a quality person with great integrity. Wow, that's fairly... High praise indeed. Fairly fucking big rap from a, yeah. a guy that he would obviously have a huge amount of respect for. So. Didn't say anything about Harrigan, so I don't know I don't know whether to read anything into that. You know, did, did the questioning not take him there, or did you know, he purposely pump it up Gidley? And, <laughs> you know, is he purposely... Yeah, but talk about a smart Harrigan? guy. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think... Um, you know, is Paul Harrigan someone you want as your chairman of your football club? Yeah, I don't think so. But I mean, I don't know how well he does the, you know, the that that chairman side of things. I mean, sure. we only know what we see, you know, a on the football field and b on Lowe's commercials and stuff, and c, you know, footy Tell you shows. What, if, he, if he if he thinks he's going to resolve it in four or six weeks, and the Broncos have a pretty ordinary four or six weeks, I think there might be some phone calls, mate. Yeah, I think the Dragons are more likely. I mean, because the sure. Broncos have been saved somewhat by you know their their overachieving to date yep. season and I mean they're not going amazingly but you know they're certainly not you know I don't think they're in you know sacking territory for Hook at this point 
Next, apparently, according to Cronulla Chairman Damien Keogh, he estimates the financial toll of the 17-month doping investigation centred on the Sharks has reached $4 million. So, uh, you reckon financially, the consequences of a lengthy inquiry have affected players as well as the club. At least one on-the-market Cronulla player is understood to be frustrated that other teams will not engage in contract talks with him despite his claim he was not involved when NRL squad members were allegedly given injections, creams and tablets during their controversial 11-week supplement program in 2011. The ramifications for the club of the Asada probe are staggering. $1 million fine dished out by the NRL, legal costs and other lost revenue, including the Sharks' failure to land a major front-of-jersey sponsor. I would say at this stage we would account with NRL fines and legal costs and our other associated costs. Our direct costs are now over $2 million, Keo said. Indirect costs, which would be sponsorships and other kinds of revenue, would probably match that. So direct and indirect costs are probably up around the $4 million mark now. The Sharks say they will not follow Essendon's lead to the federal court, despite what Keogh described as an incredibly unfair process, but they are also facing possible legal action against them by three former players, Isaac Gordon, Josh Cordoba and Broderick Wright. Despite the financial strain, Keogh insists the Asada scandal has not left them on the ropes. Their uh, lifeline is the uh, residential and retail project on a 10-hectare site adjacent to Ramonda Stadium, a property development that recorded sales of $100 million on its first day on the market in February and will ultimately contain 600 apartments. I've said it before and, and we've discussed it at length on the show previously, but sales situation... Um, I think the most telling point of the entire Asada thing is when um, it was revealed just recently about just how politically motivated it was. Yep. Um, and when you've got a struggling football club caught in the middle of it um, and having done some, you know, been guilty of some wrongdoings, and they were already struggling and sponsors aren't coming knocking on their door and, and players aren't being recruited and they can't manage their salary cap because players can't go anywhere and I just you know it's this is you know me feeling sorry for the Sharks because at the end of the day if they've done the wrong thing then so they should pay a penalty but uh, you'd like a resolution and I think it's better for the NRL as a whole if there's a resolution to it and the findings are made fairly clear and public and we can all get on with it It's it's been going on for far too long and and there's a due course, I'm sure, and um, they need to all do their due diligence. But how fucking long should that take? And how many, how many dollars have been invested in in investigating it? Um, it just seems like it's just been this bottomless pit of money, and the sharks are behind, and um, you know, taxpayers funding the investigation are behind, and yep. um, you know, there has to be a more productive way um, to spend those sorts of resources um, they'd want to they'd want to have some fucking scalps at the end of it I mean it can't be like a total you know what I mean like a total wasted process where in the end nothing really comes of it and yeah, it, yeah. it'd be that'd be a disgraceful result at the end and um, they need to do better than that and, um, as for the Sharks you know it's it's fairly embarrassing you know they had a, a reasonable year last you know successful year last year not not so this year unfortunately but um, I just think their inability to attract sponsors is um, is going to have a long term effect on the club. You know that they're going to get further and well, further. Well, they behind. reckon. Well, they they reckon they'll be fine because they reckon they're going to get like forty million dollars over the next you know couple of years, uh, over the next two to six years. 
just from the you know the from development. The development. Yeah, yeah. So financially, they actually you know seem to be okay, and they're saying that they. It's not that they've got no interest in having a major sponsor, but that they've been holding firm on the price, saying they want it to be you know high eight hundreds to you know a million dollars. That's the price, and so they they're kind of holding firm on that. So which means that there's probably been offers on the table that they haven't just jumped at you know because yeah. it's, you know it's like a budget you know, thing and they can't sell it. It's you know like they actually are like holding to some sort of uh, you know level of standards. But it's supply and demand at the end of the day, and yeah. um. I just think beggars can't be choosers, you know. Yeah, like, and they're not a good team, and they're and they're under you know. All why wouldn't you? Why would if you were asking eight hundred and someone's offering six fifty? Yeah, it's six hundred and fifty bucks in your pocket. Yeah, compared to holding out, and you you know you're halfway through and, a season now, and and next season you're going to be chasing another eight hundred thousand that you. Didn't you'd rather have a hundred percent of six hundred fifty grand than zero exactly. percent of eight hundred grand. Hundred percent of something rather than. Well, sixty percent of something rather than hundred percent of nothing is yep, yep. is the old adage. So you just you just wonder sometimes decisions like that. And and I get that they they put a market value on on what that deal is worth, but you've you've got to make a business decision at the end of the day. And leaving six hundred and fifty grand sitting on the table when we're fourteen weeks into a season and and, and you've got nothing, yep. uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay, uh, next. Uh, Dank, Stephen Dank, under investigation concerning Medicare. He's being investigated for wide-scale Medicare fraud and forgery with criminal charges and possible jail term looming. Medicare investigators and Victoria Police detectives have interviewed witnesses and obtained documentary evidence that allegedly show former Essendon and Cronulla sports scientist Stephen Dank forged and photocopied the signatures of doctors to refer patients to pathology clinics in Sydney and Melbourne. Players for Essendon are among those whose blood tests may have been ordered as part of the alleged Medicare racket, which may have involved the rorting of tens of thousands of dollars in taxpayers' funds. The police and Medicare investigation to Dank may ensure he faces charges for some of his alleged misconduct the uh, Asada's ability to interview and penalise him is reduced as he no longer works for any club under his jurisdiction uh, he says that he's aware of the investigation and it's without foundation and quotes everything was done under the full direction of the doctors involved and I personally gained no financial benefit he said while also stressing the doctors he worked with were happy with his conduct but among the witnesses who have assisted authorities is a doctor who once worked closely with Dank and is believed to be furious over the alleged fraud Police investigating Dank have been told the, the allegedly fraudulent scheme was meant to be part of a program to help get peptide prescriptions to patients and to comply with TGA regulations. Uh, the racket involves two doctors in Sydney and labs in Melbourne and Sydney, including one that's been operating without a license and in another potential breach of the law. So what they consider, the, the they're basically saying that um he's creating false documents and rorting the bulk billing scheme. So... um. Uh, a Melbourne doctor's signature has been mass-produced without the doctor's knowledge, allowing Dank and his partner to refer dozens of patients for blood tests at pathology clinics. Many of these tests got bulk billed, and uh, they're also investigating allegations that um, some of the labs involved may have had a special arrangement, in quotes, with Dank's business in connection to the scheme. In the fact that they persisted in bulk billing makes me suspicious there might be kickbacks involved, a witness statement alleges. What a... What a piece of work this bloke is, allegedly. He must be cursing the day that Asada ever fucking <laughs> poked their nose into his business, well, man. Well, come as a bitch. At the end of the day, yeah. you know, regardless of the financial reward, if you're doing, if you're out there actively doing the wrong thing day after day after day, then yeah. the world has a funny, a funny way of catching up with you. And clearly, with Mister Dank, mm-hmm. it's and and I would imagine the more the scrutiny from the Asada. 
um, situation is the more the media jumps all over it and beats it up too. So, um, but that's some fairly damning accusations. And yep. um, again, it's it just comes down to greed. And um, I just I wish Asada and the whole Stephen Dank situation would just go away. And, and you know, certainly from a, a football fan and, and an NRL perspective that. Um, you know the sharks can get back to playing football, and it's it's just left behind. Yep. Because yeah, like any sort of at the end of the day, if you're breaking the law, you're a grub. And but just something like that, where it's it's just a systematic greed, you know, yeah. acquisition of wealth by pretty dodgy means. It's 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 disgraceful. This week in NFL, Reggie. Bo- <laughs> uh, Reggie Bush is down in Australia at the moment because Channel 7 have got a thing where I think on, I'm not sure of the specifics but I know that one of the details is they're playing three games back to back to back on Mondays on 7 mate or something like that yep. uh, from next season next uh, American football season so uh, Reggie Bush is down here and he's uh, he's pimping all that sort of thing and they're saying that uh, the way the article, this article's hilarious the way it's laid out is he has a Super Bowl ring he won then forfeited a Heisman Trophy even went out with Kim Kardashian. In short, it takes more than a little to shock him. But this guy, wow, the NFL running back exclaims, watching highlights of Jared Hayne on a laptop. He actually looks like an NFL running back. Looks like he could come play with us tomorrow. Although, wait, what's that there? Did he just throw the ball over a tackler's head? Is that even legal? And so then they rewind and uh, explaining to one of the most gifted athletes in American football how uh, the guy wearing Parramatta's number one jersey actually dropped the ball into his foot, chipped over the defender, regathered with one hand and then scored our equivalent of a touchdown. Wow, that's one sweet move. The Detroit line continues as the play unfolds again in slow motion. So He did that over, <laughs> over Tim Moulton. I was at that game and it broke a little piece of me, I've got to tell you. <laughs> um... If you still going to continue... I was going to say, he's going to be guests uh, at ANZ Stadium on Wednesday night to watch Jared Hayne in Origin 2. Jared Hayne's an impressive athlete. Um, I think he would actually adapt to, to the NFL quite well. He's got the right size, you know, right sort of body type. Yep. Um, speed, footwork, those sort of attributes. But just, it's again, it's, it's the NRL... And it's inferiority complex. That, yeah. You know, whenever there's an American in town, you know, they they just cow down to it, yeah. to them. And, um, you know, yes, America's huge. Their sport is massive. But, fuck, the, the NRL's got to put itself on a pedestal and, and, and really take itself a lot more seriously. Um, Reggie Bush, who fucking cares? <laughs> who fucking cares? You know, he's down here promoting the NFL and good luck to him and Channel 7 are going to get what out of Reggie Bush talking about rugby league? Yeah, the, this, the, the, the biggest beneficiary of this is Jared Hayne. Absolutely. This is something he wants to cut out and laminate and put on his fucking wall. I, I believe he says so. The, um, he says things like, you know, he's fast and strong and wow, look at that hit. That's an NFL football hit. I like this guy. And then he goes on to say that um that they're talking about how he... Uh, He's going to go, you know, he, he's sort of gym regime and that sort of thing. And he goes on to say, for me, it's all about speed, agility, elusiveness, exactly the same as Jared. While I don't really know anything about this origin thing, I'm really looking forward to it, especially now. Jared's definitely going to be in this game on Wednesday night, right? So it's like, you know. 
while I don't know anything about this game that I've just had an article written about me talking about, like, the fuck cares? <laughs> and speaking of who the fuck cares, three years ago, Dave Taylor almost quit rugby league to pursue an opportunity to trial for a career in the NFL. Almost. He, he was just weeks away from walking away from the NRL forever in 2011, but eventually decided to keep pursuing his test and origin dreams. He spoke to former NFL star Colin Scotts about how to chase a career in the US and received dates of camps and trials he could attend before he changed his mind. He had to weigh up the interests of his young family and the financial risk of tearing up a $400,000 NRL contract for no guaranteed success in the US. Ultimately, it was his family's needs, his love of rugby league, and desire to claim higher rep honours for Queensland and Australia that helped convince Taylor to remain in the game. His manager said that he was genuinely, genuinely interested in it. It was canned because he would have needed three weeks off training to go do it. But really, at the end of the day, Dave wanted to be a Queensland and Australia player too. And I think being back in origin, he would think he's made the right decision. I think that the biggest thing I got out of that entire article is the yep. words, Dave Taylor, almost. Yep, Almost much. did it. Was almost going to do this. He was almost going to do that. That's the fucking story of Dave Taylor's career. And let me tell you, almost. That should be his nickname. Almost. The guys that make it in the in the NFL, their work ethic surpasses probably anyone in rugby league. Anyway, I mean, Dave Taylor. The trials, the tribulations they had to get through from from high school to college to then even have a shot. You know, I mean, and that's, you know, that's on top of, you know, natural gifts that put them in the, you know, highest percentage of, you know, you know, potential success anyway. Mm. At the end of Dave Taylor's career, he's going to look back and say, I played a hell of a lot of first grade games, played for my country, played state of origin, um, you know, one test matches, one origin series, and, uh, you know, did everything the game had to offer. And, you know, I'm Dave Taylor signing off. But when you look at, what could have been and what yep. almost was for Dave Taylor yep barely even scratched the surface and that's the saddest yeah. part is that this guy has barely got out of third gear for the majority of his career and he's still been able to achieve all that yep so imagine if he was the you know the sort of bloke you know if, imagine if Dave Taylor had the work ethic of someone that is, is a fringe first grader and busts their ass yep. but just isn't quite good enough yep but extracts every last ounce of potential out of their god you know out of their own ability if he had that sort of work ethic and that sort of mentality you know our kids and our kids kids would be talking about Dave Taylor as fucking you know Arthur Beaton sort of shit yep it's um you know so Dave Taylor almost and finally uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show something that's going to warm your heart in the cockles of your heart Premiership winning playmaker Daniel Mortimer could play for the Gold Coast as soon as this weekend after being granted an immediate release from the Roosters. The Titans have been searching for halves cover after injuries to key man Albert Kelly, Aiden Caesar and Bo Henry. Greg Bird, a potential stopgap pivot, will be involved with the New South Wales team in the final two interstate matches. So, uh, he struggled to make the top... Oh, uh, Blue Eyes, he struggled to make the top side after his... Sexy Eyes, no? <laughs> Sexy Eyes for you. Has struggled to make the top side after he was hampered by injury early in the season. He's expected to feature prominently in the origin period, although the unexpected availability of former Blues Mitchell Pearce and James Maloney has presented him, prevented him from returning to the NRL side. So uh, now he's in line to play for the Titans this weekend after languishing in the New South Wales Cup for Newtown in recent months. He's He's been, I, I don't know, a little bit unlucky, Dan Mortimer, I think. Um, 
remember back in 2009 where the dogs were chasing him and everyone was chasing him and then it was like yeah he was, he was tempted to go it, to the dogs it was the next big name. thing you know Mortimer name and all the rest of it and um, remained you know, loyal to the Parramatta and promptly went fucking nowhere but, yeah exactly you know he played his part in getting to the 2009 grand final the next thing he's he's playing for Newtown finest <laughs> example of second year syndrome in recent history that I can remember yeah Daly Cherubins would probably go close but um, yeah what well, didn't he what in his first year did he, did he win a premiership in his first year was they second year? First oh, year, I think. Oh, second year, only got to finals. Yeah, That's shit. right. That's shit house. Cherry Evans in decline. Um, and then his third year, he got to grand final again. Shit house. I think he's he's really searching hard for a regular first grade spot, and I'm not sure he's going to find it at the Titans. So, yeah, I think in, in, in 12 months' time or something, we might be reading a similar story about old sexy eyes. Um, yeah, never know. He might, he might slot into hooker or something for them. A position where they don't actually have, like, you know, entrenched... You know, guys that last. I don't understand why they why they even pin their hopes in Srama. Yeah, because he's gone. He seemed he seemed like the guy, yeah. and now Falloon's there doing a job, and um, yeah, maybe Dan Mortimer fits into that rotation and can, um, like you say, prove himself. Um, you know, to be a val- valuable member of that squad and, and cement a spot, but um, he just never seems to be able to nail a regular first grade gig down anywhere. That's right. And you know what? Maybe he's just not good enough. Maybe you're right, Nathan. At some point, that was very you know, deep. you have to forget the name. And think, you know what? First grade starting positions. There's only 16 sides in the competition. 13 players get to start in each team. Correct. You Maybe. do the math, Nathan. You do the math. You do You do that math. Well, I can't. I don't and, have my and, abacus. And whatever that number comes out to be... He's not in that number <laughs> of top players. <laughs> Recaps kicked off on a Friday night football and unfortunately... It was uh, no glory, glory to the West Tigers as they went down to the Rabbitohs, 32-10. to 10. The uh, point scorers went as follow for the Rabbitohs. Alex Johnson got two tries. Kyle Turner, two tries. Nathan Merritt also with a try. Reynolds, five from five conversions and one from one penalty goals, defeating the Tigers, 10. Tries to Blake Austin, James Tedesco, one from two conversions off the boot of Pat Richards. Yeah, I think... For the for the Tigers to make the eight, that has to be the last of those types of performances from them. Um, they they started well. That's about as much as I can say. I think mm-hmm. they um, they clearly miss Robbie and, and Woodsy, but there's no real excuse. They they certainly had uh, enough forwards there to to do the same job on South that they did in, in earlier in the season, and they just uh, South presumably had less backs. Absolutely, and look, Inglis was hurt early in that game we played earlier in the season, and, and South really lost their way. I think they showed what they can do, Sands Inglis, uh, when their forwards are especially dominant, like they were against the Tigers. They, when Isaac Luke's in the house, yeah, he he did have a good game, and I think he got hurt as well that same yeah. night. So um, he was he was in everything, and, and I thought he had a fantastic game. And the Burgess boys just rolled over the top and. Tigers got a little bit lippy uh, in the lead up to the game after having dominated South earlier in the season and um, 
quite proud of themselves, but a little bit of a thud back to earth and um, pick themselves up with the bye week this week and, and um, you know, put that one in, in, in the closet and hopefully we don't see any more of those come out because, um, you know, you just can't afford to perform like that. No. Um, you know, South were down on troops as well and, and really did a number on us. So uh, that they they are a lot better and they need to be a lot better than what they showed in this game. Just off this game, but on, on the West Tigers, did you see the article through the week that um, Aaron Wood's like origin is like his fucking dream? Yeah, because he gets to play, play with what mate. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, he was a he was a huge manly fan growing up. Oh, the the, the language of the article, there's no was about it. Is <laughs> a huge manly fan. Um, I think it's good. He's always a guy that always has been, even in the twenties. Like, um, he, he wasn't as as exposed to the media then, but um, he was always a, a real happy go lucky, you know, guy yeah. that wore his heart on his sleeve and yeah. and said what was on his mind. And um, I think it, it's good. To actually see someone not just come out and give the usual fucking, um, you know, credit to the boys' fucking yeah, yeah. rhetoric, you yeah. know, it's it's good that he's, you know, he fucking idolised the bloke, and and why would that change just because he's playing alongside him now? Like, Watmo's, you know, in his eyes, is a fucking champion, and I think Anthony Watmo's a great player, and if you're going to yeah, model yourself yeah. on someone, you yeah. know, as a young kid coming up, then. You know, as far as toughness goes, he'd yeah. be the guy you'd, he'd probably go to. Let's so. face it, motherfuckers playing with a torn bicep as yeah. we speak. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought that was actually a really good uh, read that that article, and just shows Woodsy's he's got some some character, and the Tigers are really tapping into it. Yeah, and you know, and if he can get his if he can get his fucking knees right and everything, then you know, next contract he might you know might come over and get to fucking live his childhood dream. I think, you know, if you were going to get him, you would have got him with his last deal, but he, uh, he accepted less money to stay, um, you know, with where his heart lies now, at the Tigers. Yeah, I think he, he, his offer was withdrawn because he was such injury-prone. But, you know, maybe things will improve for him, and if he can, you know, stay on the field, more than Jason King, which, you know, at the moment is kind of line ball. But, uh... Fuck off, mate. <laughs> Stuart Marler said, Did you see that banner? We are South Sydney. The yes. fuckers don't even know the name of their own team. Hash, let's go on Rabbitohs. Indeed. Tall Hayden. Left. 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 Fuck me. If Brooks doesn't start going both ways, I'm going to nickname him Derek Zoolander. <laughs> get that reference right. I was a bit surprised by that too. And I was also, you know... If that is Brooksy's go and he's going to attack down the left, and maybe that was the game plan, then the fuck are Austin and Anasta doing? Yeah, and, and it doesn't matter what your game plan is. I mean, the mark of a good player is to be able to recognise when a game plan's not working, and perhaps go to a plan B or C. Yeah, I think or improvise. You know, as God I said, we, we really missed Robbie, and he gets a lot of that direction um, from Robbie through the ruck. So, um, but yeah, it was it was frustrating to watch. Ryan Finance. Tedesco with an injury? How odd. Oh, I saw him limping there. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I thought he was Nathan's gone to have a field day with this. No, I mean, I don't revel in, 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 in players being injured at all. It's, it's, it's fucking heartbreaking to see. The Ben Zed. No GI, Walker, Teo, McQueen. Another injury crisis overcome mid-game too. Keep it rolling, bunnies. Hash, glory, glory. Hash, Tigers in decline. And uh, Shane Aronovis. The pride of the league proved too powerful against the pretenders. Glenn should feel no shame losing to such superior opposition. He's got his hand on his wand again. <laughs> oh, the Benz uh, finishes up with uh, 
love the Superman jerseys. Tigers to embrace a movie theme and get Life of Pi jerseys. A tiger floating aimlessly in a dinghy out to sea. Didn't have a lot to say when we smashed them earlier in the year, though. But he's he's coming good now. That's rugby league, isn't it? It is rugby league. <laughs> and that's fuckheads for you. Penrith Panthers, 18. Defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 14. The uh, Penrith Panthers, 18 points came from a double. Team Varo and uh, Josh Mansell with a try. Jamie Sauer, three from three conversions. Defeating the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 14 points came from tries. Uh, Charlie Runciman got a try. Uh, Jason Nightingale got a double. And uh, what ultimately proved to be the difference in the game, Gareth Widdop just won from three. Mansour continues his breakout year. I, I think, you know, he was very close to playing Origin in game two. And I, I wouldn't have any hesitation in saying that Origin awaits him in 2015. Um, he's just got all the attributes. He's got speed, strength, um, power, good defender, um, you know, really good um, coming out of his own end. Mm-hmm. Um leads a league in you know up there in the league in tackle busts uh, very hard to pull down every time uh, he runs the ball so uh, there's a lot of attributes here that would would certainly hold him in good stead in the origin arena and I think 2015 will be the year for him um, Dean Vare he was he was good at Manly but struggled be, be behind two quality centres there in, in Matto and Lyon and, um, he came to Penrith for an opportunity and certainly Grabbed it with both hands. His, his footwork. He's. I didn't realise he was such a good defender either. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he's he's a, a guy that us, really. Yeah. He can really shut people down. Yeah. Um. Strong, as I said, good footwork, good fend, and um, and fast. So, he's he's having a good season as well out there at Penrith. Um, Jason Nightingale. He would have to be as awkward looking player as he is to watch him on the field. He's the only dragon that's really putting in consistently week in, week out, solid performances. Yep. Um you know, you might have the like Benji, for instance, was great last week. Well he's going he's running um, about twenty percent or twenty five percent. Sorry? He's running about twenty five percent. Sure. You know. Um as far as you know, turning up. Dugan's had some games for the Dragons where he's been completely and utterly dominant and others where he's he's done three parts of fuck all. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightingale was, I thought, just noticing a lot of the smaller things that he does from the wing of all of all positions. Um, yeah, he's, he's a hell of a footballer. And lastly, just on this game, Jamie Soward, Penrith are a side still finding their feet and I think they're still forging their identity um, as much for themselves and their fans as as with the rest of the NRL. Sauer's really striking form um, consistently for them and it can only be a good thing. I just just find some of the bullshit he carries on with really hard to watch and I know that Penrith fans do as well. Uh, But it's going to become a situation a bit like Dragons fans where they, you know, it's, it's... it's like your cousin that continually takes his clothes off at family functions. It's it's it, it's entertaining, and sometimes you get a little bit of a laugh out of it, but it always ends up, you know, it's still yeah. your cousin with his cock out in front of Nan. You, no one wants to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think your <laughs> I think your little story there is uh, it's not, it's not that applicable because I mean, there's no one that's like you know prepared to accept that. <laughs> 
Whereas I know what you're saying. The well, team, you haven't the been to enough likely it. family functions. And we, had, and we had this, and we had this discussion earlier on the season too. Like you know, the fact that the Penrith nerds, like oh, they fucking love him now. He's on their side. Yeah. You know, whereas um, yeah. Oh, could you imagine the perm if Jamie Soud whipped his cock out at him? Oh, and oh, at you, a perm family function. Oh, or he started doing his and he started doing his little fucking cowboy holster cow, cowboy holster thing. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the most obnoxious. He'd run over. Self. He'd run over and say, "Look, Jamie, you're nude. You don't have any holsters. I'll give you somewhere to put it. I'll give you somewhere to put your pistol." <laughs> Fucking perm. <laughs> um, are you finished talking about this game? Yes, absolutely. TBI Penguin Penrith struggling to beat a 16-man Dragons team, missing their three best players. Lucky to be top eight. Uh, Ryan Finance, a four-point win over the Dragons. Yeah, Penrith won't be doing much in September. Shunter 86. It's good playing shit and still getting home, but not Can much you, fun. Did you just touch me seductively on the knee? Did I? Yeah. Well, I maybe did. I did. And, uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. It was obviously you know, just like a subconscious passion, you know. You haven't got a cold spoon here. Exploding. You have, actually. There's a cold spoon right there. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, yeah, Shunter 86. It's good playing shit and still getting home, but not much fun. Really need to improve ahead of Warriors in NZ. Hash, June Premiers 2014. <laughs> At Shithead Listener. It was only the Dragons, but Penrith showed spirit to overcome a shit completion rate and take the win. Not top four material, though. Unky D. Panthers top of the ladder after playing Dragons, Tigers, Knights, and Sharks three times each. Hard to get too excited just yet. <laughs> Sydney Roosters, 29, defeated the Newcastle Knights, 12. And uh, this one, 29 points, came from a double to Roger Tuvasashek. Two dads, Sean Kenny Dow with a try, Jake Friend and Isaac Liu. Maloney got a field goal and four from five conversions. Knights, 12 points came from tries to Jeremy, Jeremy Smith and Jake Mamo and Tyrone Roberts, two from two conversions. I think Newcastle started really well, um, but they, they actually scored first. And, Even first half, they went to half-time leading. And looked to be settling into a bit of a groove, but when the Roosters started to play a little bit of football, Newcastle were nowhere near good enough to hang with the, with the Chooks. Um, still excited. I, th- I don't know if excited is the right word, but keen to see how good the Roosters will be next year with with Tuivasa Shek at fullback. Um, some of the things he's doing, um, he's already chiming in, and, and they're they're in a bit of a transitional phase with you know Mini playing there and defensively, and him playing there in attack from time to time, and and giving him that exposure. And he's he's not having many bad games. No, he's no. he's finding ways to um, to impose himself on on games consistently, and for a young bloke, that can always be quite difficult to do. But he's uh, he's doing some fucking amazing things. Yeah, and when the fullback position, no highlight, is, no highlight, real you know quick step sort of thing this week. But um, no, but just a, just a solid performance. Yep. scored a good try, and um, I just think he's you know when he can make that number one jersey his own full time. He's uh, he's going to be fucking great to watch. Um, old Mamo on the wing for Newcastle. It'd have to be. We spoke about. I just spoke about Nightingale being yeah. quite awkward for the Dragons, but he's fucking awkward as well, and he's a complete nut, a nutcase on top of it. <laughs> he is a basket case, that bloke. He's got the crazy eyes from way back when, <laughs> and he's he's a, he's certainly quick, but he's an awkward looking runner of the ball, and yeah, not that um, quick. Sorry? Not that quick. 
Really? Remember the Manly game where he got a, picked up the ball in broken play about 10 metres out? He was gone for all money, and then Josh Starling hunted him down and talisked him over the sideline <laughs> about fucking 40 metres line. Yeah, sometimes when forwards come at you from a... When you run down, when you run down by a fucking slow prop, and then ragdoll into touch, <laughs> let's not fucking start talking about how fast we are. I think he's, I think he's a lot quicker than you're giving him credit for. But he's, <laughs> he's definitely a crazy just, person. Just got to call it how legitimate you know, crazy person yeah. for sure. Crazy, you think you could fucking get around a prop? <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else to say? No. Ryan Finance, I just don't know what's wrong with us this year. We're just shocking with the ball in hand. Talking about uh, Chooks. Drew underscore Nathan five. JWH leads with the elbow, like Nate Miles leads with his forehead. Hash, both grubby cunts. And uh, turned out no charges for for letters. For uh, for leading You know. I just think there was... I saw an interesting meme saying that Gidley was up, Gidley, yeah. up letters for for lifting his art, lifting his elbow, and in the very same game. Was, yeah, very same game. There's a snapshot of Gidley doing the same thing. So yeah. uh, uh, sometimes that's just football, isn't it? That's it. Sammy Boy, 1986. Tough that on the Knights. Bless him. And uh, Unky D. Knights had plenty of razzle, but not enough dazzle. <laughs> Either that, or they just plain suck. Hashtags in decline. <laughs> Keeping your powder dry there, are you? Yeah, oh, just sometimes. You just, <laughs> you, it's better just to say nothing with these people and let them flame out <laughs> like the fucking morons they are. Parramatta Eels 22 to feed the Canterbury Banks down Bulldogs 12. This one, the Eels 22, he tries to semi Radradra. A double to Tautai, a double to Morgan. Sandow, one from four conversions. Luke Kelly had missed with his only shot. Disgraceful, and the goal kicking did keep the doggies in it. Their 12 points came from a double to Corey Thompson and two conversions from two attempts from Kristen Inu. What is he? Is he captain? He's still Captain Murder, isn't he? Yeah. Missed yeah. him in first grade this year. One of my favourite nicknames. Captain Murder and the Captain Snooze, like the whole thing, like the whole yeah. the whole history of his his nickname has been fantastic. But um, it's a shame he didn't end up signing for the Tigers. Um, good signs for Power in this game. I thought it was a quality win, despite the fact that both teams, and I say both teams because Dogs fans will be do well to remember that both teams had stars missing from this game. Many Par- star. I mean, yeah, yeah, almost an equivalent number of stars. Let's be real. I think that they need to, you know, understand that. You know, Parrell without Jared Hayne, you can take a Morris and a Hodkinson and a Reynolds, and they still wouldn't equal a fucking Hayne for Parrell. Yeah, but then you've got Peets out of there as well. Yeah, Nathan know. Peets is, is injured as well. There was just a lot of bleating about the, the players the dogs were missing where I thought Parrell, you know, weren't weren't far off equaling them as far as their, you know, when you take into account injuries and origin representation. So, yeah. um, quality win for Parrell. I thought Sando was good. Bit of master stroke from Arthur playing him at, at fullback there, and he certainly didn't let him down. And he's playing some some good football with confidence, and he's got a smile on his face, and that's always you know pretty dangerous for other teams. I remember when he was at South, and yep. whenever he got that fucking look on his face, he just knew that he was going to run the ball, and then yep. he wasn't going to be able to stop, be stopped. So, um, I think you know as good as Parra going, I think Brad Arthur is definitely. Uh, in contention for coach of the year honours and uh, the challenge is keeping these enigmatic stars from on song um, and, and I think if he can do that Jared Hayne Sando players like that keep them firing as they are at the moment 
uh, through to the end of the season. I think he'll be rewarded with the Coach of the Year uh, honour, and it'll be richly deserved. He's he's turned the club around as far as yeah. from from where Ricky left him. Didn't you get the didn't you get the memo? Ricky did all that rebuilding. He's just not there to reap the rewards now. <laughs> um, this one. It's the most baseless fucking whinge I've ever seen from the likes of Des Hasler. Usually he's got something to latch on to that has some sort of, you know, factual, you know, you know something like a, a refereeing thing that happened in that very game or something. But this bitching about origin thing, I mean, he must be just trying to deflect blame from his players so they don't take it too emotionally hard or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what the thinking behind it is, but it's the fucking most ridiculous, stupid thing he's ever, and, you know, Ever said, and he's you know got a, it's, this is coming from a guy who's got a, a history of stupid shit that he and, and bitching and fucking sucking. Now, um, in the last two years, three maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice save. Now, now, um, the fans though, the same. The Bulldogs fans, and they weren't. Wait- this wasn't after Desi had fucking blown up at the po- at the post. Yeah, it was uh, going conference. on during the game. It was going on during the game. Unbelievable. Uh, tweets a uh, paraman Mark II said great to see dogs fans taking the loss to the para today with humility don't go blaming origin para weren't at full strength either shithead listener both teams visibly missed plenty of key players but the Eels won ugly by excelling in tenacity first win without Hayne in forever yay in fact yeah only statistically I did look this up I think it's the first win that Parramatta have had without Jared Hayne since about 1968 <laughs> um, Unky D how much job with DJ with stats like that <laughs> How many, oh, and Corey Parker was fucking, he must have said, he set up every single try for both sides. Corey and, Norman. Uh, Corey Norman, sorry, and had and 4,000 line breaks in this game, I, I believe, give or take. How much longer than, than Desi escapes the axe? Clearly oh, more inept than Sticky, because Sticky at least has no good players. And the problem with the doggies as well, I mean, this is, yeah, did you see Hasler's thing saying, oh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or whatever, they wouldn't go out there without a quarterback, without, like Tony Romo. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know what they do? They go out there with a backup quarterback. Yeah. You know why? Because they got fucking depth. Dallas Cowboys didn't spend all their salary cap on assembling one of the finest packs of forwards in the competition. Didn't buy any fucking backs to have some depth. They didn't do that. They'd go out with someone who'd been through their system and uh, could do a you know a, at least a serviceable job in the quarterback position. Unlike the Gronks that you know as I trotted out. Um, Tall Hayden. Ennis showed yet again what a shithouse, useless footballer he is. He'll fit in perfectly at the Sharks. Just uh, just want to have a quick mention of the Springfield Panthers under seven whites on the weekend. Um, you really want to associate with the dogs? Oh, I'll, I'll make it. I'm making a point here. Okay. Um, Send them down to cost for a training camp, did you? <laughs> they, played, uh, they played Goodner, and uh, there was a little fella on Goodner team who was... Um, much, much shorter than even than Jackson. And Jackson's not a big kid by any stretch of the imagination. This kid would struggle to come up to Jackson's shoulders. Okay. He's playing in under sevens. Yeah. Uh, little headgear on and jersey, which was five sizes too big and shorts were about the same. And, um, Jackson had run in to, uh, to tackle one of the big kids and he got sat on his ass. And um, as he's hit the deck, he's given his head a little bit of a whack and he was sort of half getting up. Hmm. And holding his head, ready to go back. The play had moved on. He was ready to get back in the defensive line. And this little fella yeah. was running up towards the where the ball was going to be played. Saw Jackson sort of on all fours, ready to get up. Yeah. And he's running along and just pushed Jackson's head 
back down to the ground as he's running past. <laughs> Little fucking pest. <laughs> fucking Ennis. I was like, that's what Michael Ennis was like as a kid. In the under sevens, that's the trait that people went, you know, that kid will play first grade one day. <laughs> yeah, so come on, there's got to be a, there's got to be a moral to this story. I mean, like, no, then, that's then, it. I just when you said Michael like, Ennis, I thought that kid. I just then Jackson just like hit him with a palm in the face. Well, I, can, I said you know, to, I said to Jackson, what about that kid pushing your head, you know, back to the ground? He goes, I oh, know, I should have kicked him in the bum. <laughs> so probably shouldn't do that on the field with footy boots on, mate. It's probably not going to get you a lot of friends. Just get your shoulder in his face in the next tail. Yeah, as hard as you can. Drop the cunt. But anyway. Two tries and a man in the match performance. Let his football do the talking. <laughs> yeah, it's still not as fun as letting your fucking shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> the Ben Z. I knew dogs would be outside the top two by August. Didn't realise they'd be outside the top four by mid-June. Hash dogs of boar. Unky D. Judging by Desi, it seems the dogs provide all 34 players for origin. They should call it state of whinging. Hash sack Desi. It's fucking rich from coming from him. Former underscore legend. Congratulations to Ricky Stewart on another good para win. Canberra fans must be wetting their pants waiting for 2015. <sighs> and uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Very average performance and too many errors. Better team won, but I'm still proud to be a Bulldog. And Sandow is still a doofus gronk. Well, yeah, fucking, uh, you know, don't go, don't go so hard on, on the insults. I mean, you know, surely, you, you know, your kids bring, you bring back something with a bit more spice than that. Just cool. And Monday Night Foot Bitch, Melbourne Storm 24 defeat the Gold Coast Titans 20. In front of a crowd officially registered as 6,497, which I believe is either marginally under or marginally over the uh, the disastrous Campbelltown crowd from earlier in the season. Mm. Now, um, look, so we, we have to be certain that they're not exactly the same number then. We haven't given the Titans fans a kicking in quite a while. No. It's fucking pointless. They get all fucking butthurt about it. And you're like, just fucking turn up, dudes. You got a brand new fucking stadium. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know food's expensive there. And, you know, you got a, it's a pain in the ass to get to. Yep. And stuff. Yep. You're not selling it, Nathan, but look. It's got a snake there that time. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was. It's got like fucking some Cylons that walk around during the game. They're on the outside of the ground and shit. Some what? Some like old school fucking. You know, 1980 fucking you know Battlestar Galactica Cylons like the old design not the fucking new yeah, ones yeah right more nerd talk I think this win might ultimately be what gets the storm into the 8 come the end of the season they're obviously not the same side they have been in, in previous years and they've had their issues already with injury uh, long term injury to Kronk um, Smith hasn't been 100% in recent weeks and Slater has also been missing so he um, I, I think sorry Bellamy may get to the end of the season if they just squeak into the eight. It's going to be games like this that they've managed to yep. to win when they're down on personnel, which has has been a catalyst for them to make the finals. Ben Roberts uh, filled in again in the halves, and I thought he, he had a pretty good game, scored a good try, and um, kicked pretty well. Yep. It's is he another Bellamy resurrection? You know, in the in the mould of. Brian Norrie, probably even more so given the fact that he, you know, he was a, a player of the future at Canterbury and... Also, you know. a forward doesn't have to be creative. A forward, uh, you know, apparently what what Bellamy does, I mean, a forward just has to be given a job. You're doing this many hit-ups, you know, this many, you know, blah, 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 and then they just have to execute what's, you know, a relatively simple job. Sure. Especially in the case of Norrie where it's just like, you know, card it up. Yeah. Quick play the ball. 
you know, that's pretty much all that's expected of him. Yeah, but the Haas are, you know, their jobs are breaking down these days pretty specifically as to, you know, plays and, and you yeah. know, there's always that they still have to intangibles create, as far as, you know, the creativity. Yeah. I'll give you that. But he, um, I don't know. I just haven't seen Ben Roberts play like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not thinking... A like, very rare occasion at, at Canterbury, even. Yeah, I'm still thinking, like, you know, it's a bit of a, like, a, a like that, though. Like, you know, mm. it's, it's not like he's fucking revelation material. No. It's just, he's just, oh, my God, I'm surprised. I, you know, I can't believe that's Ben Roberts. That could be part of it, too. Yeah. Um, Bo Henry, you know, if he, if he runs a length of the field and scores a try, everyone's talking about Bo Henry. Yep. And his speed and mm-hmm. he's you know, he's he's making the most of his opportunity. Fortunately he gets ankle tapped, goes into touch and blows his knee. The fun, yeah, and it's uh, and it's pretty much R. I. P. Bo Henry's NRL career given that he was playing for a contract. So And uh, and the thing is with that with that ankle it was it was almost comical that you know, he wasn't close to the sideline, like that yeah. close to the sideline. But the ankle tap, the way he hits the ground, he has to his legs swing out over the line. And uh, like at the time, you know, when I saw it because I was watching it. I was at a, a restaurant that had TV there. I was like, oh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh, you fucking thought you could get around and. And Wayne Bennett's got a bit to answer for there. He, he fucked him over a little bit. Mm. Yeah, well, a lot of bit. So. Benny's ruthless. Yeah. Good. Oh, he sure is. He's got every right to be. He knows what it takes to to build an NRL squad. But um, other coaches have certainly taken the pun on Bo Henry. Yeah. I'm not sure any will in future, though. No. Okay, Shane Aronovis. Now we know why Benji didn't sign for the Storm. He wouldn't have got past Ben Roberts. Uh, Hammers. Not sure what's more painful, supporting the Titans or listening to Ben Iken. At least I only have to watch the Titans once a week. <laughs> Jay Stibb. This is a, this is hash. You got us all wrong. Ryan Hinchliffe must listen to the show after hearing him drop the C-bomb on live television. Hash kick the cunt. I didn't well, actually hear that, but I'll take your word for I it. I didn't hear it either, but I just think I, I, I think it's it's actually hilarious that now if anyone drops a C-bomb, it's out. It's because of us. <laughs> yeah. Like we're the ones that are forcing the I'm, fucking word "cunt" into the vernacular of I'm society. Just, I'm just letting everyone know we didn't actually invent that word. We perfected its use. Don't get me wrong. In, and but certainly we didn't in a rugby it. league uh, vernacular, but look, it's not our word. <laughs> no. If no. it was, we'd be charging Game of Thrones royalties. Exactly. Sammy Boy, 1986. That defeat must have been hard for all nine of those Titans fans. Police must have been busy Monday. Hash, show up. And yeah, it was fly- a pretty pretty oh. terrible crowd. And- worst worst crowd. Is that the worst crowd they've ever had? It's certainly the worst figure I've seen. I mean, there were, it did look really, really bad, though. Like, when you're looking at the camera panning around the ground. Yeah, the, it was pretty desolate. Doesn't that, do much for the game as a spectacle. That long side, was it the eastern side, where, you know, most people usually are. That looked like one of the ends, you know, as far as it was so sparsely populated. Yeah. It looked like the end, the, not the away supporters end, the, the opposite end. So would that be the northern end? They have oh. to do better. Yep. They're a side that, you know, like I said earlier, before we hit record, they they were leading the comp. Yeah. You know. Not six weeks ago, yeah. so. And uh, the Ben Z. Titans free fall is nearly over. Next stop, Spoon. Like Seabar Super, most fans won't see the benefits for another 30 odd years. <laughs> and uh, and Mup. Everyone knows Mup. You know, um, one of the. One of the Even those that wish that he didn't know Mup. He hit me up last night and said, Look, how many pre orders do you need to, you know, to get a shirt going? 
And I said, oh, you know, it depends on, you know, the design and all that sort of thing. But, you know, usually around 30, you know, probably close. And so he's like, oh, I need you to make a, a sack Cardi shirt. <laughs> so, I'll, you know, I'll do the design. I'll put it up there. And if he can accumulate the pre-orders, I'll facilitate it. You know, no problem. But, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a Titans fan. Still fighting the good fight. If you're a Titans fan and you, and you want to see uh, the end of Cardi, then uh, stay tuned because I'll probably uh, knock the design together you know, tomorrow or the next day. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can uh, get your own sack Cardi shirt. I mean, it might only be relevant for a couple more weeks the way they're going, but <laughs> there you go. Previews. Kicking off Friday night football. And we have the Canberra Raiders versus the Doggies down there in Canberra. How'd this game get assigned to Friday night? I'll never fucking understand. <laughs> Dogs pretty much back to full strength with the exception of Josh Morris. Yeah, players backing up, but, uh, you know, yeah. so we're not sure. You know, there's always that intangible there. We don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, I think the Raiders uh, at home, I've expected better from them in the games they've played at home down there and they're dillied fuck all so I don't see any reason why I'd, I should really tip them against the Bulldogs who will be looking to to right their ship and get back on the top of the ladder expectation is the mother of embarrassment when it comes to Canberra Raiders never exactly fucking tip right. them there's a bunch of shit cunts and they don't even deserve to be in the comp at the moment wow and I hate the dogs like I fucking hate the dogs like let's oh no I don't because last week I said I don't hate anything like, <laughs> damn and I said that you do uh, hate plenty of stuff I fucking I lawyered myself there I severely have an intense dislike of the Canterbury Bulldogs, which goes as far as close to hate as you can possibly get without actually hitting hate. And yet I'll still tip them, and I'll tip them by 13+, plus because they're going to make an example out of these fools. Next, Saturday, New Zealand Warriors take on the Brisbane Broncos, Mount Smart Stadium. Tough trip for the Broncos. Uh, they'll have some players backing up, including Ben Hunt, who... Uh looks increasingly like he likely is going to make his origin debut. Although, no, increasingly unlikely. Right. Apparently... As of the, earlier today. The latest... Well, this is late, late today. I heard that uh, that Cherry Evans got through all the tests that he was assigned as far as proving his fitness. Okay. And uh, it, just, it was just a matter of how his knee pulled up after icing it after that. Which I think is just fucking incredibly short-sighted. Not by the Queensland State of Origin side. I don't give a fuck. They've got, they got one game to win. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they could end up... They could fuck him for the season. Exactly. Which is fucking infuriating. I think Warriors will do it. I think they might uh, do a little bit of a job on the Broncos and, and win by 1-12. to 12. Their form's been good lately. You know, certainly much more... Uh, you know, many more diamonds than rocks. Sure. So, you know, yeah, I think they will too. And it's always a... a they're always a traditionally tough opponent for the Broncos. Yeah. There's times where the Broncos have actually been going okay and then, you know, the Warriors, you know, will throw 50 on them. Yep. Yeah, so I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but I think, the, I think the Warriors are going good enough at the moment to get it done. The Sharkies take on Manly Saturday night down at the tip, Ramondas tip. Fucking Manly by how many? Train. This is a training run. I may have said it earlier in the season, but remember when Shark Park was a fortress? I remember, when we could never, there and... I remember when Manly had a terrible record. You know, this is only going back a couple of years now. And even even like you know probably around the two thousand eight you know level of dominance. I mean, that I was, just remember like, it was a tough trip back then. When I was younger, I was saying to my old man, "No one, no one must want to play Cronulla on a Saturday night at Shark Park." Yeah, they never seem to lose. Yep. But um, 
I won't be saying that in relation to this game. I think Manly uh, should win convincingly. There's only one variable in this game, and that is how much Manly win by. And the 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 influencing factors on that variable is simply how Daly Cherry Evans pulls up from the football. If he doesn't play for Queensland, will he be right for Saturday? If he does play for Queensland, will, will he, he back right up okay? Saturday. Will he be right? Will he be right for Saturday? Exactly. And other that that is literally the only variable, and that basically takes it from you know like a thirty-six to forty-two point win, you know maybe down to something more more manageable like you know thirty-two points. Melbourne Storm take on the Parramatta Eels at Amy Park. Eels, Jared Hayne could well be uh, reveling in the New South Wales origin victory after Wednesday night or tomorrow night. Uh, and, and coming up against Slater and Cameron Smith and Will Chambers who will probably get a run as well. Um, he'd probably look to, putting, look to be putting a big performance in against the Storm, um, albeit in Melbourne. But I think the way Sando's playing at the moment... And and the way he played last week without Hayne, we get Hayne back there. It's only going to help Sandow grow an extra leg. So I'm going to go through a little bit of upset here and tip the Eels. Look, I mean, on current form, the Eels are probably going better than the Storm. I mean, it's hard, you know, Storm in Melbourne uh, with their, you know, as many of their players back as they could, you know, possibly muster at this point. It's tough. Sure. It's tough. It's with Smith and Slater in there and in good health. You know, we'll see how they back up. It's hard up. to say. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to go against the storm, but you know there might be some like ingrained, you know, reluctance to get on Parramatta as well, just based on the last couple of years. Gold Coast Titans take on St George Illawarra Dragons at Seabus Super Stadium. Sunday this afternoon, tough, you got no excuse. This is a us. tough one to tip. Titans are, are, are sliding. The Dragons are sort of Shit. sliding. Then they win one. Then they. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite frustrating to watch the Dragons run around, but I think they'll have um, enough up front and then enough speedy backs to uh, to take care of the Titans. They've got all their Origin players named as like you know alternates. Yeah. Like, so they're not even only Greg Bird is it that seems to be guaranteed of a starting position. Yeah. So I, don't, I expect that to change real quick, and uh, Dave Taylor and Nate Miles will go slot straight in there, no doubt about it. Nate Miles will start, unless you know. He gets uh, badly injured. And, uh, <laughs> Benji, Didn't which you just ben- say you wouldn't wish that upon anyone? No, I'm not wishing it on him. I, I definitely don't wish the injury on him. I was just saying that that's the thing that's going to stop him playing in this game if that happens. Yes, I think no. it's a fair assessment. It's a pretty obvious assessment, really. Um, yeah, this is tough to pick. The Titans have lost, I believe, five games in a row now. It's a pretty ordinary fucking run of form. Dragons have been shit, but I mean, they haven't matched that quite that level yet. Sure. Because I mean, they had that massive win, you know, 30 nil or whatever last week, so. It's tough, man. So, who are you going for? Para. Para. Cool. Okay, so you're going for a team that doesn't even, isn't even in that game. That's very interesting. How do you think that's going to happen? I uh, scrolled a little bit too far up. <laughs> So I'd scroll down to the next game. Yeah, yeah. So your choices for the answers to the question of Gold Coast Titans or St. George or Dragons? I'll the Dragons. Okay, yeah, I'll do too. Newcastle Knights take on the North Queensland Cowboys on uh, Monday Night Foot Bitch. This one's at Hunter. Uh, Newcastle Knights, welcome back, you know, <laughs> douchebag, douchebag deity, <laughs> Darius Boyd, Fluffy. <laughs> douchebag deity. Uh, mate, Cowboys got this. 
They should do. Knights are in all sorts um, too. Yeah, I, I just... There's too much going on at the Knights, too much uncertainty, too much poor form, um, and too many points haven't been scored against them this season. I, I think the Cowboys will uh, be looking to, you know, once they get through game two, there's, there's the tail end of the origin season, then we, we make our final run towards the finals, and the Cowboys will be looking to, to ramp things up to cement a spot in the top eight, and uh, they can do that by getting out of the top of the Knights. So I expect them to put a good showing in, and... And JT led them to victory. Well, let's be real, their away form's been shithouse, and the Knights have been doing good first halves of football too. But I just don't think it's going to be enough. If Thurston comes out in good health, and you know, guys like Matt Scott, that's probably all they're going to need to get over Tottenham. Yeah, exactly. And that is full time for episode 159. As always... You can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League, and uh, on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share our posts around, all that sort of thing. Spread the love, spread the word. iTunes, new review this week from your mate. I'm Tim McIntyre, underscore. 20 bucks. Hash. 20 bucks. Well, here's, here's the title of the review. Hash, Team Chapo. Not gay, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Five stars. <laughs> Love it. It's a great podcast. Keep up the great work. Oh, by the way, Mounties is the feeder club of Canberra Raiders, not Goulburn. Tweet soon. When did we ever fucking say that otherwise? That's what I want to know. We would only have been making a joke about fucking Mounties or about Goulburn. I think he's, he's taken the term Mounties far too literally. Um, and I don't remember ever making that joke. Speaking of mounting, excellent segue. You're welcome. We make our outlandish statements, you know, at the start of the season for who the revelation of the season is going to be and all that sort of thing. Yes. And uh, I've got to say... Jake Mamo. Well, you you would have said, like, Brooks probably, yeah, or Hot Sauce. Oh, I don't... I think I said Hot Sauce two seasons ago. I wasn't going to tr- okay, so jump at him again. So you would have said Brooks then, Oh, I think Brooksy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I always, you know, it's, it's hard at the start of the season, but... Uh, at the halfway point of the season, I've got my revelation locked in. Right. He's the cheerleader for the Panthers with blonde hair and big tits. Gets fucking done up in the in the fucking latex, the spandex, it, whatever. It the fuck. sounds it sounds like something I'd be I'd be in a pleather of vinyl. And only because of the vinyl, like yeah, you know, like jumps... with big bird doesn't is not normally lighting my fire. And she just jumps around and they're just oh. Nathan. Just fucking tremendous. You sound, you sound like a teenage boy. Look, and I think you need to have a little bit more decorum. I think you need to think about what you do, <laughs> what you're trying to bring to the table as a host of the number one rugby league podcast on the planet. Titties. With, that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to bring. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'm like just saying, it. absolutely superlative. Superb. Superb cheerleading. So she cheerleaders so fucking good that she she is so far far and away with only daylight coming second. My revelation of the 2014 season. Gus, you dirty old man. Gus, you fucking genius. Five year plan. I got a five year plan for me and her. A fucking five minute plan for me. And her. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a 43 second plan. I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you five years. Sorry. Tipping. 
Shane Aronovis maintains his lead. This is provisional at the moment because we still have this round, uh, the origin results outstanding. Just waving his wand around everywhere. He's had a shit round so far. He's only got three out of five to date. But second place only had three out of five as well. And a lot of the top ten actually have gone down. They've seemed to have fallen down by picking the doggies over the eels. And a lot of them, yeah, well, that actually is the one. Yeah, and a couple of them went the wrong way in the Titans-Melbourne game. But uh, second, Life of Ty. Tigers 12.0. Three card magic trick, GT John Whitey, all on seventy one, two points off the lead. And then on one further one point further back we have Tucker, Paraman ninety seventy three, David Kingston and Voodoo Rock. And I continue to surge. I'm surging. I'm like, you know, in striking distance to the top of the Dead table. Third last now. to striking distance. Literally third last to I think after this round I'll probably be sitting in the eighties. That's awesome. So that's a turnaround in like three weeks too, so charging. Fantasy. Once again, bookended by the Wendells. Michael F., that'd be the Fishers Wendells. He's in he's in first place. Uh, narrowly behind him is Too Much Tuna. Then we've got CJ's Sarcastic Pricks, Dingbats, Winter is Crowding, NZ underscore Magpie 54, Mighty Doggies, Toto's Terrors, and the secondary Wendells. From 1st to 10th, the margin is under 600 points, so uh, everyone is still in it. Good job. And uh, with the shop... We're still clearing out the old Revelation shirts, Tigers in Decline shirts as well. Um, I'll, I'll get this, you know, I'm sure Mupp is going to be pushing this Sakkati business, so we'll see what the deal is there. And uh, as we record the show on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, if uh, the Mighty Blues are to take the series, then Wednesday night at full time, or, you know, 30 seconds after full time, or if it's a blowout, you know, maybe a couple minutes earlier, one in a row. Get ready for the design. Get ready for the one in a row shirt to be unveiled for pre-order. It'll be the, the second New South Wales winner series, whether it's last year, this year, or, you know, 10 years from now. The second that the series is won, uh, that shirt will be going on sale. And uh, I'm loving it, and I can't wait to produce it. So it's, it's with the printer. It's just wait. I just have to pick up the phone and say, pull the trigger. And I will be pulling the trigger on, like, you know, the uh, pre-orders and stuff on Wednesday night if New South Wales should uh, get away with a victory. As I guess that brings us to Origin. It's kind of hard to talk about Origin, uh, the game too, because in Queensland's case, the team's not going to be settled until, you know, probably that you know one hour before kickoff deadline where they have to submit their team list. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I um... English looks like he's going to be there. Cherry Evans is looking more like he's going to be there. But, you know, do you really want to have a guy there that, you know, if he takes one decent contact? Look, as I said to one of the boys at work today, Paul Gallon as rake stitches in a club game what's what's he going to do to a bloke if he's doubtful for the most important origin game of in history because <laughs> let me tell you you don't have to be you don't have to do anything dirty to get him out I mean you just have to swing your arm around that leg to, to affect the tackle yeah around the legs tackle or you know if he's if he's already held by a couple of other defenders Third man, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you shoulder the knee yeah from the side yeah exactly or from the front you know yeah that's exactly right. So it's, gonna, it's like I said, it's the most important Origin game of, of in history, and I think that you know it's it's going to be anything goes. So putting my putting my manly New South Wales and uh, well, yeah, just those two hats on. I think that you know, a it's better for New South Wales if Jerry Evans doesn't play. It's better for Manly if he doesn't play and get you know further injured or more you know mm. whatever. So uh, you know, by all means, stick Ben Hunt in there. I look forward to Robbie Farah playing an unbelievable match win, lose or draw getting this one in a row shirt off for us 
What are you going to say if Robbie Farah has gets man of the match in a in a New South Wales victory? What are you going to say next year? I'll fucking shout him a one in a row shirt. I will send it to him. I'll fucking hand it to him personally. I'd like to see that. Or at least send it to him. I'm sure we could find out how to get one to him. And uh, with a voucher for a schnitzel. Or maybe a schnitzel West of being say, look, you know, mate. You know, you, He's you know, out. It's done. If you don't want your business to fucking go crashing down, this is the magic one, mate. <laughs> This is, this is how you do schnitzels, alright? Such a troll. <laughs> you fucking brought a schnitzel up, not me. Membership packs? Yeah. Membership packs. A little bit of delay as far as the transport goes. We had to pre-order the packaging online in order to A, save costs, and B, make it easier in order for the uh, logistical exercise of getting all those membership packs to the post office at the one time just waiting for those to arrive sorry for the delay they will be at your doorstep at soon at soon very soon that let's go on this week in league it's good it's been a good learning experience because I mean I've never had the fucking for any reason send this much shit out no uh, me either and we were a little bit unprepared as far as that went we had a predetermined plan and then that plan turned to shit when we actually tried to put it into practice. So, uh, have been slightly delayed, but they yeah. have been ordered now, and uh, as soon as they arrive, it'll be. It should only be a couple yep. of days. So, yeah, and it's good. Um, and it's a good. I prop- would envisage I will be packaging. I think we'll be sixty million fucking membership packs up this weekend. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been for us. It's been a nice problem to have because it's been like the demand that we didn't expect sure. is, is what has put us in is put us in position so which is which is fantastic but uh rest assured that uh next season's memberships will actually get them get everything together what we're going to do for them you know after the end of the season and they'll be you know able to be ordered before christmas and so they'll be able to be you know we'll we'll actually have them you know dispatched for production you know, before the end of the year, which means that, you know, hopefully with this time, yeah, next time we'll be able to get him out for the start of the football season. The point we're trying to make is we're good at talking shit about football. Mm-hmm. Not so good at merchandise. Now, just yet. now we're tremendous at it. I mean, it's been fantastic. It's been awesome to get there to, yeah, to, 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 to learn about it. Practice. Yeah, it has, it has. But uh, all good. We're really happy with the results and everything. So uh, hopefully you guys will be too. I'm sure you will. I can't wait to see it. That's it. I'm going to drive home half asleep again. Don't crash. I will try not to. See you next week. See ya.